Hi everyone and welcome back to the pod. It's been about a month maybe since I've done an episode. Um, so I'm here to do an episode today. Sorry, my voice is like really not it right now. I'm kind of, well, I'm pretty sick and my throat is very sore. But I really, really wanted to film this. Um, long story short, I saw the movie Dear Evan Hansen and it really made me super emotional for various reasons um and it just made me feel really inspired to talk about the one thing that sort of made me start this whole podcast um which was my recovery um when i started my recovery i felt very very alone and misguided and I didn't really have anyone who I thought I could relate to, who I could talk to, um, who I could share anything with. So that was why I made this podcast. And that's actually what I wanted to talk about today is my recovery. I am at a place in my recovery, um, where I now only go to therapy about once every three to four weeks, depending on my month. Um, a lot of my therapy sessions are focused, um, not solely on my relationship with food anymore. Um, a lot of these sessions take a deeper dive into the relationship that I have with myself, um, my relationships with others, um, a lot more things about my personal life and certain actions that, um, I don't know how to say this that reveal things about me and my insecurities um so yeah i'm i'm not really at a place where food is the enemy um anymore a lot of the 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 fear has been removed um however it is still a comfort and coping mechanism um would be the food so that's sort of where um, I'm at with that. I no longer have to see my dietitian. I'm, I'm not on a meal plan anymore. Um, so I do have quite a bit of food freedom. It's taken me about a year and a half to get here. Um, and a lot of work, a lot has been accomplished. So much so that I honestly forget a lot of what I was like at the start of my recovery. Um, because I think I've just changed a lot as a person and my relationship with food and exercise has changed um, so significantly that it's hard to even remember what that was like. So I wanted to share um, a couple of the things that I did to help get me here and I hope that this will be beneficial to someone who is maybe lacking some... Um, dedication to their recovery i never like to use the word motivation because i was never really uh motivated to recover i was more so just dedicated to i know that it had to happen um so i hope it can be helpful so the very first thing that i want to talk about um that i haven't spoken a whole lot on is actually my relationship with exercise uh previously exercise for me i only saw it as a form of punishment um, whatever was eaten had to be worked off immediately 
I never saw exercise as a form of movement. I never saw it as a way to appreciate my body and I never really saw it as being good for my body. I more so just thought of it as obtaining or achieving a figure um, and burning calories. And um, also while I'm talking about any of this, if it's triggering for you, um, please turn it off (laughs) because that's, you know, just please turn it off if this is triggering for you. Um, but yeah, so that was what exercise was like for me. And I think the, I don't even know what the turning point was. I think I just spent so much time going through, uh, the, I went through a lot of these body image modules and exercises. Um, and I started to follow a lot of influencers who, followed body acceptance body neutrality body positivity and a lot of people in recovery and i saw people describing movement in different ways Um, and i i learned to appreciate movement in a different way in a way that's that's not punishment and i think what sort of had to come before that was realizing and reevaluating my relationship with food and my relationship with calories so that was definitely a piece to it but um I started to think of exercise as as movement and as something that makes my body strong and strength was a really big thing for me um i have loved weightlifting um that has been something that makes me feel strong very empowered i am encouraged to eat i'm not encouraged because of the calories that i burn but i i want to eat so i can lift heavier i recognize that the food that I'm eating is going to give me fuel, um, that I need the calories to move and to, and to live and to be in my body. I need that. So I've loved lifting weights. And that's sort of one of the biggest things is try to find a form of exercise, whether it's walking, maybe it's running, maybe it is going on hikes, taking your dog to the dog park, Um, maybe it is weight training, maybe it's Pilates, maybe it's dance, whatever it is, I would try to find something that really lets you feel empowered in the movement. Now, one of the other things (laughs) that I had to do, this was probably one of the hardest things I had to do, but, um, I've talked a lot about how a lot of my therapy sessions are now focused on myself and my behaviors. Um, One of the hardest things that I've had to do is stop self-sabotaging. There are a lot of things that I do to myself that feel good in the moment and make me feel very insecure later. And... (laughs) a lot of these things are are bad decisions they're bad decisions in the moment or things that are going back to old habits and i think i really had to sit down and talk about how insecure a lot of these things made me and come to terms with it Um, because when i feel insecure the first thing that i do is immediately look in the mirror um and start body checking and i'm i'm triggered more so often to body check when I am feeling insecure or when I'm feeling um, not good about my decisions. So whenever you're kind of having those moments of doubt, I would definitely ask yourself like, you know, this feels like a good decision today. 
is it going to feel like a good decision for the next three days? Um, and that's just a rule of thumb. I am trying to implement. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm trying to. Um, and this is empowering in itself and it can be hard not to self-sabotage, but definitely I think it builds, um, more confidence in, in yourself as you go on. And one of the things about self-sabotaging too, um, is triggers. And this is, I mean this in a different way. Um, for example, I've been seeing a lot of TikTok videos. I saw one specifically, it was this girl who does a lot of, I don't know, prank videos or I don't know what she does. Her videos are staged and she was showing the, um, she was doing a, a demonstrational video, I don't know, of what binge eating looks like. And it was her pulling an entire cake out of the fridge and just immediately uncontrollably stuffing her face with it. And, you know, I am not someone who struggles with binge eating disorder. That's not my eating disorder. That's anorexia. Not to say that this wouldn't, um, you know, couldn't trigger me, but it almost just made me very mad because it's... It really frustrates me this stereotype that uh, many eating disorders have and I feel like in that video she was really portraying the stereotype of binge eating disorder which is that you're sitting there can't even step away from the food uncontrollably stuffing your face like and I saw someone else with binge eating disorder do at the video and she showed what binge eating was like for her and, and it was totally different and not to say that that couldn't be like binge eating, but I just, the video seemed to lack an educational purpose and it seemed like she was putting it out there to go along with a stereotype. Like it, it just didn't seem genuine, like something about it I can't describe. It's just like, I don't know, I guess it's different for everyone, but regardless, I just had to say like, Certain things like that can be triggering and it's up to you to step away from them. Even this podcast episode, if it's triggering, one of the things I had to realize is that other people are not responsible for my triggers. Also, sorry if you just heard that sound, my speaker went out, but um, other people are not responsible for my triggers. And the other day I walked into an ice cream store there's fat-free, sugar-free, um, it's really, it was like that whole Demi Lovato situation, and I understand that Demi Lovato was very, very upset, um, and I can see why, but at the same time, um, we live in a world where those things exist, and it's my responsibility to take action if something is triggering me, and I need to try my best not to take it personally. There's been a lot of times, for example, I've been in family situations, people say stuff to me before they knew I was in recovery. How did you lose so much weight? You look so skinny. People are calling me a skinny legend. Um, and just like stuff like that. And I'd be so mad because it was so triggering. And I would be like, why would you think it's okay to say that to someone? But a lot of people don't know. 
And as much as we can try to educate and divert situations, we also have to do our best to know that we can't control the environments around us. And so really, um, my point being is to try your best to step away from triggers and do what you need to do, but try not to take them personally because no one knows that you're struggling with an eating disorder. You know, no one can see that you are struggling and also no one really knows what to say. It's like if your friend is telling you, um, you know, I don't know, that they're really upset today and you say, oh, like, just drink some water or like just get out of bed or something like that. And it's like, you don't know, like they could have depression or something like that. And they're thinking, okay, well, that was totally insensitive. Like, but my intent wasn't to be insensitive. I was trying to be helpful and, and motivating, but anyways, remove yourself from the triggers. Don't take them personally. Now, what I want to touch on is one of the other things that kind of relates to this remove yourself from diet culture this was a really big part of my recovery is removing yourself from diet culture and there was someone on my instagram the other day who was saying like what is this whole anti-diet culture thing this whole anti-diet thing like i don't understand diets are essential blah 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 and what this person is from the fitness industry and what people in the fitness industry and people in diet culture, I think are, or sorry, who are anti-diet culture, I think are missing is that we're trying to achieve the same goal, which is health. And I said, I tried to explain, I said, I am not anti-dieting. I said, I am against any form of restriction or dieting that can be triggering to my health. And that means under eating, being keto, being carb free, um, being told that I shouldn't eat after seven o'clock, being told I need to fast until one, um, being told I need to be on a juice cleanse, like And it's funny because people in the fitness industry are saying these same things. They're saying, you know, that whole don't eat after eight is BS. Um, They're saying carbs are good for you. Carbs are fuel. You need carbs. Like, but, and I understand like the differences. I think the fitness industry focuses a lot on aesthetics. Whereas in diet culture, I feel like there's more of a body acceptance, body neutrality, body positivity um, shift there. But I feel like we're all trying to pull towards the same thing, which is kicking these people to the curb who are saying you need to be exercising three hours a day. um, You need to be eating only 1200 calories, uh, weigh yourself every morning, do a water fast. Like we're all trying to get rid of those people collectively. So I'm not sure why we can't work together and collaborate on that. It just seems like there's a huge divide. And I have nothing against the fitness industry at all. I have nothing against those who are um, trying to remove themselves from diet culture. I've been a part of both um, communities, both communities. And I can honestly see that in both communities, 
there are things to be worked on. And that's a whole other uh, episode. But yeah, anyways, I just had to say that because I feel like it's just funny how there's such a divide, but really we're like trying to preach a lot of the same stuff. Um, But anyways, yeah, removing yourself from diet culture. um, This was done in a lot of ways for me. It was unfollowing a lot of um, influencers, a lot of celebrities. Um, It was removing myself from conversations when people were talking about restriction. Um, It was saying when my friends say, oh, I'm so hungry, and I would respond with, then eat something. Um, When my family members are asking me, oh, you look so good. Like, what did you do to like get like that? What diet are you on? What are you doing? I say, oh, I eat what makes me happy and I exercise as I please, um, you know, or I just say, um, oh, I've just been, I've just been feeling my body. Like, I don't need to go into some, oh, I'm carb free. I'm sugar free. I'm like, I'm not, but it's those things. And doing my best to recognize when I am being influenced by diet culture and and trying to remove myself from um, diet culture-like behaviors, basically. So trying your best to do that, whatever that looks like for you. Small steps are still steps. So even if you can't challenge what a family member is saying, um, maybe it's making an attempt to... Um, wear a piece of clothing that you typically would feel a little more insecure in. Something like that. And to close off, you can see my voice is going here. Oh my god. Did you guys hear that? That really scared me. I don't know what that was. I'm the only one here in my house right now, so I'm a little scared. Um, But the final thing that I would say has helped me in my recovery is just really appreciating the things that make me happy. I think gratitude and um, trying to be grounded has really reshaped my perception on a lot of things. Um, I just feel like I look at everything in a different light, like people, my friendships. This year has been such a big year for friendships for me. Like I, I can't even put into words like how appreciative I am of the group of people in my life and I think that that's been one of the most important things is I've really seen um, and been able to appreciate the good friends who are here for me on my good days my bad days Um, my I have my one roommate she will ask me how my therapy sessions are and um she listens very uh, in, intensely and she just listens to me go on and on. And um, I never take that for granted because she's so generous in offering that empathetic ear to me. So definitely find the people, do the things that make you happy. And I think you'll start to notice how much your life just becomes less focused on recovery to be honest with you I felt like I actually started living a lot of my life once I was able to implement these things so I hope that this episode helped someone out there Um, I hope that whatever steps you're taking you keep on taking them and please my dms are always open if you ever want to talk about this 
um, or comment on an episode, anything like that, um, just go ahead and DM me. But with that being said, thank you so, so, so much for listening. Um, Please feel free to share and write a review if you would like. And I will see you next time.